This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This is Double Tap Canada from AMI Audio, the place where blind people talk tech. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It's me, Stephen Scott, back with you once again for another hour of technology talk and discussion. And of course, a whole lot of nonsense as well as usual. Uh, and that is brought to you by Sean Priest, uh, who is um, our king of nonsense. How dare you? There's 50% less nonsense in this week's show, I can guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I, I don't know what the Advertising Standards Agency is in Canada, <laughs> but they will probably be on the line shortly. Uh, Tim Schwartz is also here. Hello, Tim. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Nonsense. How are you guys doing today? <laughs> Stop it! King of nonsense. King! I apologise. I bow down to the king. Yes, <laughs> yes that's right. Yeah. Okay, well, look, we've lots to get through. We, we promised last week we'd talk about the app Chuck that Sean downloaded to his Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim had a go with it as well. I had a go at the app. Mm-hmm. And we're all going to share our thoughts on this because I, I got the impression last week that um, Sean thought it had lots of bugs and issues and then Tim didn't. So I'm, I'm interested to hear how that one goes. Uh, so that's going to be a, a major bone of contention. Or not, we shall find out. Or not, Sean's just wrong. <sighs> Oh, wow. wow, we're okay. off and running. Let's get to it. <laughs> we are also going to be checking out your emails as well. And, um, well, Tim, I don't know where we'd start with this one, to be honest. I mean, um, second half of the show, we're going to be discussing Sean's decision to go back to Apple. Uh, I think that almost speaks for itself, but I do believe that he needs to uh, explain himself because he was in so much love with Android, professing his love, thought it was so wonderful and better than Apple, and now he's gone back. So, yeah. I'm saying nothing. There's nothing I need to say. I will explain myself at the end of the show. Oh, I think you did enough explaining on Twitter and people see right through you that you think cheating on your device is appropriate so we'll, we'll yeah, definitely we'll, have to we'll discuss it it's, it's, it's a perfectly mm-hmm. valid reason okay well you know me i have the mistress occasionally over wow and uh, that is uh, and Whoa. that's the uh, this time around i've got another one um because i've actually been playing with another android phone yeah i know i know um, but you now oh, oh well do you know i i just i feel sorry for it sometimes i feel i should maybe try and you know it's a bit like a mistress i suppose mind you without the huge bills okay um, let's really be careful here but carry on yes please well, tread lightly I, i'm trying to think of an alternative analogy but i can't really think of one um Look, the, the point is that, you know, you've moved to uh, Apple from Android. What I want to know today is what your real, honest views on Android are. Um, and that's obviously going to open up. a. And look, I, I do, for the Android fans who are listening, yes. for those of you who are using Android, uh, Android phones, um, it's not going to be a hate fest, all right? Don't think, oh, here we go. It's going to be a hate fest because actually I think we all agree to some degree that that I the Android and iPhone are good, whether equal or not. That's another issue. Um, no, don't be all sensitive and well, reasonable it's... now, Stephen. You and Tim have both been picking and poking at me for moving to Android for ages. Yeah, but you stuck with it for a long time, and I still am. It doesn't have to be an either-or situation. No, you have to make a choice. Like, no, like no, you the, don't. With the mistress, you've got to make a decision. You're going to leave your Please wife. Please leave that analogy behind. Can we just move to food <laughs> where I feel comfortable? This is making me very tense. Okay. 
<laughs> so we're going to get into all of that. But yeah, let's start with... Um, do you know what? Before we get into this, because of course it's, it's a festive period, it's the holiday time, uh, everyone's settling down to watch movies. I'm going to be honest with you guys, all the holiday except movies... Except you. Except me. Uh, but all the holiday movies don't have audio description. What's going on? I'm sick of this. But I will tell you, I am hopeless when it comes to movies. No, you're not hopeless. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. The amount of movies that you haven't seen is incredible and blows okay, my I, mind. I, I don't know ask how you me survive. Then, what, what, have, what have you seen that I, I, I should have watched? The ultimate Christmas movie, Die Hard. Never seen it. Never seen it. That is such a shame. How have you not seen Die Hard? Well, I, I don't know, if I'm honest. I, I think, you know, what happens here, I don't know if it's the same in Canada, but in, in I don't know about the US, although I imagine it probably is in the US the same. In, in the UK, we have these TV channels that, that will show movies. And what seems to happen is these movies get stuck in some kind of loop. And it, it feels like every hour on the hour, this movie restarts. Um, there was a, a movie by, uh, it was Jude Law and Cameron Diaz called The Holiday, which I actually quite liked that movie. Yes. But it was absolutely ruined for me by the fact it was forever on the telly. And it's just always on, and it kind of cheapened it. And I think Die Hard was the same. It was just always on, and I thought... And yet you didn't watch it one of those times. No. I know. I've never seen uh, Grease. I've never seen Footloose. All those kind of movies. I've seen Dirty Dancing, mind you. That was good. I liked that one. Um, Well done. Thank you. I've never seen a a Star Wars movie. I've never seen a James Bond movie. Why? I mean, are you actually an adult? Are you grown up? How can you go through so many years without seeing a Star Wars movie? It's impossible. Yeah, it's amazing you haven't seen one just by accident somehow, just stumbled across one. No, no, never. Oh. I, I've, I mean, I'm aware of them, but I've never, never watched them. So, yeah, I've got a lot of watching to do. And the problem the is younger that, generation. Yes, you do. You, yes. you, you've got no idea. Do you know the problem? Because Netflix keeps putting stuff out there that's just too good not to watch. So I never get time to watch anything of the past because I'm so busy watching all these great shows they put out now. Um, but anyway, yes, you can tell us, do tell us about your festive favourites. You can email us at any time, of course. Sean, how do people get in touch? Because we want to give out the, the details so people can note them down and we'll give them again later. Yes, tell Stephen how good Die Hard is by emailing feedback at ami.ca. He nearly forgot the email address again. I mean, I can't believe it. Honestly, cannot believe it. I'm just thinking how good Die Hard is. Sorry. Tim, how do people get in touch on the phone? Alan Rickman's first film, by the way. But yes, they can call 1-866-509-4545. Nerd. Um, Okay, and you can leave a voicemail on that number. You can leave a voicemail, tell us if it's okay to use it on air, and uh, we will. Uh, If you say it's not okay to use it, we won't. That's how kind of nice and fair we are on this show. Um, also, AMI told me to say that, or uh, we were all fired. So there you go. Have right, we ever um, had someone call, though, and say, I- I'd like this message to go to Double Tap Canada. Don't dare use it on air. I don't know that that's happened. Oh, that day's coming. That oh, day I'm, is well, definitely sure. coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's going to contain a lot of expletives. I just know it. And it probably... Probably the show with mentioning Die Hard might be the one to do it. Um, okay, so let's talk about Chirp because uh, you downloaded this app. You told me about it, Sean. You told, you told us about it. Um, and you suggested that this app would be really good to allow us to use Twitter on our Apple Watch. You said the iPhone app was okay, but the, the whole point of downloading it was because it put Twitter onto your watch. Um, so I guess my question is, what's your thoughts on it? Is it any good and should would you recommend it to others well it's a tricky one because i've got to say i'm really impressed so 
the reason let's let's go back let's, let's start at the beginning the reason i got interested in chirp is because i have recently dug my apple watch out of the drawer um you can use it with an android phone you know you can use its hotspot wi-fi to connect and get an internet connection when you're out and about so it is usable um and I was looking for apps with the new update to the Apple Watch. There's a app store on there. So you can, you know, when you're led there or on the sofa, you can browse the app store. And I was just desperately looking for that app, which I have been doing since I've got the Apple Watch. So that app that really makes it, I don't know, something more than a health device, you know, or a notification manager. And this came up, Chirp. And Twitter is something that I've been trying to get back into. Um, I haven't used it in a long time. And part of that was because I was struggling with the um, Twitter app on Android. The other reason was I, I just, I don't know, I just never could seem to get the time to, to browse through and answer all the messages and everything. Now, using it on your Apple Watch makes it so much easier. As soon as a notification comes in, you can simply respond, like, retweet, or do whatever you want. And that's the thing for me. This is the first time I found a Apple Watch app that feels like a proper app. It feels like the same sort of experience as using it on your smartphone and that's something amazing to me and um yes it is slightly buggy and you know it, it's still in development but the very concept of it the fact that it exists is something that really excites me there you go argue with that one tim mm, okay so tim you did download it you've been trying it what's your experience my experience is, I think, a little bit better than Sean's, I guess, because there might be a bug or two, but I don't, wouldn't call it buggy. Really, the only bug that gets in my way, and I don't know if this is Chirp or if it's the watch itself, because I have this happen with other apps and, and complications, is after I've swiped down my feed a, a little bit, it gets stuck after several you know, tweets have gone by and I have to swipe with two fingers to, to get the screen to move and yep. then keep swiping. So that's kind of like the more of a page down kind of issue. It's almost like if it's not on the screen, it won't read it until you page down a little bit to, to get more to be read. Other than that, I found it to work fine. I've been able to retweet. I've been able to reply. I've been able to send out new messages. Uh, you can access your lists if you have any and, and see any of the tweets in those lists and like and respond, you know, like and reply and, and retweet and all that. So other than just the swiping through the list on the feed uh, where I just have to, you know, page down a little bit. That's really about the only bug I've been able to come up with. So otherwise, it's worked really well for me. I've been very impressed. I like how accessible it is. And it seems like the app developers are are really good with making sure that it's voiceover compatible. They mention voiceover in their notes and uh, that they're aware you know, of accessibility issues. So that's a good thing. So much so that typing on the Apple Watch, you can actually connect it to the app flick type. And so you can have that embedded in chirp to use flick type that we all have used and, and really enjoy. And it makes it so much easier to type out a tweet on, on the watch. So I think that their level of dedication to accessibility and, and you know, everything else you can do with it. I, I'm really impressed with it. Wow. Okay. We're being a little bit picky over the term buggy, but actually I'm going to, I'm going to say you're right, Tim. Maybe I'm being a bit unfair. <laughs> all right. I'm letting you have it. It's Christmas. All right. Because oh. actually, when voiceover is disabled, the bugs that, that bug me the most actually disappear. It is a voiceover accessibility issue. And that is that FlickType 
doesn't work currently. It used to, but with the latest update, it no longer works. You can't reply. You can't uh, create a new tweet. You can't message because the flick type keyboard just bongs at you. It doesn't accept any input. Um, now, I, has that happened to you, Tim? Have you experienced that at all? Just with this most recent update that has happened, but I I don't know that I want to give Chirp a bad review necessarily for that because we're talking about two completely separate independent apps by two different developers that are trying to partner together, and when one updates, it, it could cause issues with the other. So I'm I'm willing to excuse that because it's not a basic function of the app itself of chirp that's added in there for you know folks like us of course you can use flick type even if you have vision and that's wonderful people can but Ooh. it's kind of an uh, it's an aside it's yes, kind of like us. oh by the way we <laughs> yes <laughs> well you know what i mean but uh, but it's kind of a, a a side note it's oh by the way you can also use flick type if you want to but you can still use dictation and scribble and, and oh, you know my, I, I hate i hate quickly scribble, scribble. i mean awful. how does that work it's terrible and, and that's apple's you have to know your letters, Sean. Yeah, well, there's one thing. But, I mean, just with voiceover, <laughs> it doesn't work very well. You know, it seems really patchy. I hate Scribble. And, look, FlickType is amazing on the Apple Watch. It makes text entry amazing, as it does on the um, on the smartphone. But, uh, I don't know, Tim. I uh, I suppose I'm, I'm a little bit loath to recommend Chirp because... As you said, before this latest update, it was really nice. And all the features, you know, the lists and mentions and messaging on your wrist is amazing. But I'm a little loath to recommend it too much with this problem that it has got, because it's a major problem. You know, if you can't tweet or respond or send messages, then it's a big deal. Now, I'm sure uh, the developer, uh, Will Bishop, he's really responsive, as you've said. Um, so I'm sure it will get sorted one way or the other. Um, but for me, it is a massive issue because I, I do want to respond, message and create new tweets from my wrist. And if you can't do that, well, hang on, hang on. it's a you're big thing. You're saying that you can't like or, or no, no, retweet? No, no, you can like. And you can retweet. I, I meant you can't respond. Anything where you're typing you a message okay. doesn't work in the latest update. But couldn't couldn't you do it doesn't through dictation? Work with flick type, correct? Yeah, you, you can. Yes, yes, you're right. You can. Dictation. But it just I don't find dictation or scribble. I just don't think works very well for longer messages. You know, it's fine for quick, short responses, but for something uh, where I want to send a message, I just don't think it works very well. Yeah, I think if if you're saying something like "see you later" and it says, you know, "send a cheese grater" or whatever, <laughs> that's very you know, good. that's that's a problem, isn't it? Because of course that that's the issue with the, the dictation. Sometimes it will and that's not a chirp that issue. That's that's nonsense. just a dictation issue. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a silly problem that we've all faced and we all yeah. know is an issue. Um, but I think it's interesting. The only, I mean, for me, just to throw my tuppence worth on on this, and it's just my tuppence worth. Really, I the thing that kind of put me off it was that when I was scrolling through my timeline, it would only show me so many of my tweets, and then it would just stop, like you were saying, Tim, but I couldn't seem to get any more tweets loaded, and I couldn't understand if I was supposed to just keep waiting for a timeline to load, or whether that's a bug, or what's going on. Yeah, so that problem seems to be if you come across a long tweet, you know, or a tweet with a few images in it. Um, so you're swiping through your timeline quite happily, then... If a tweet comes up that's particularly long, it will just stop and you can't swipe past it. And as Tim said, swiping up with two fingers will move past it and you can carry on swiping again. So it is an issue, but it's not a massive problem. It's just a bit annoying. 
So, so the length of the tweet could actually determine whether or not you're able to swipe right on it to go to the next one. Yep, okay. that's right. It does happen quite a lot, actually. You know, it'll just keep bonging at you. I, I keep using the word bong. I, I, it's a good word. I won't ask why. <laughs> oh, you're sorry. No. <laughs> Ding. It keeps dinging at you. Dinging. That sounds better. Much better, yeah. yes. So, like, it, it is slightly annoying. Uh, I can't deny that. But I really don't want this to come across like I'm hating on the app because I'm really not. I'm really excited by it. I think this proves that the Apple Watch is capable of so much more. But at the same time, people do need to be aware that when it comes to the accessibility of the Flick-type integrated keyboard, you know, for sending tweets and responding to messages, it's broken in this latest update, in the latest version. Also, just some general information, Chirp is free. If you just want to browse your timeline or your list, you know, it's totally free. If you do want to create tweets or reply or send messages then you do need to upgrade. Um, but the price is really reasonable. In fact, you can choose how much you want to pay, like a tip jar. Uh, but I think the price starts around 2 or $3. So, um, yeah, look, it's got great potential. I'm really excited by it. Mm, okay. Well, I, I think... Yeah, I think it's it's good we've got the option for it because, actually, one of the things I've often said about the Apple Watch is I'd love to be able to do Twitter, Facebook... Because I really don't care about the screen. And, and I guess the problem is that you're on such a small screen. But something like Facebook, if there's videos or images, they're not going to display very well for the, the, the people who can see. The sighties are going to get all upset about it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I can sort of understand that. Okay, fair enough. And if you've got partial vision, you're probably, even with, even with reasonable partial vision, I think you would probably still struggle to read the Apple Watch screen. Um, no, vo- the voiceover experience of using Twitter, it, I mean, you know, there's barely any difference between using it on your Apple Watch than using it on your smartphone if you're using voiceover because it's just reading everything out to you. It also can yeah. display any videos or media on there. It will play that back on your Apple Watch and you can open links on there as well. So, yeah, it's great. That's pretty clever. Yeah, that was one of the things that really appealed to me with Chirp is that swiping through it, other than it just being a much smaller scale type screen that I'm flicking on, it was a very similar experience to using Twitter on my iPhone, and so I, I was really impressed. That's why last week I was so willing to you know, argue with you on the point of the bugginess because it's like, okay, yeah, with voiceover, because of the fact that I have to do the two-finger swipe to, to get it to scroll down, that is a mild annoyance. It, it could be a voiceover bug perhaps with Chirp, but it, it's, it's mild enough that I don't get too annoyed with it. Otherwise, I can do everything else up until this flick type issue. And, and as Stephen pointed out, you can dictate if you want to, and, and hopefully it works, although that's, you know, touch and go. But for the most part, it works so well. And if I just want to scroll through some tweets or I got a notification that something came through and I just want to read things or especially go through lists, I, I have a, a news list of different things that I've put together uh, for blindness, you know, news and things like that that I want to look at from time to time and retweet a lot of those things. And to be able to just quickly access that list on my on my wrist and retweet or like or even maybe make a quick comment if, if I want. 
it's it's just really nice and i wish there was a third party version of something like this for facebook you can get facebook messenger on your apple watch and and do that yeah. but of course that's just lines of text and so that makes sense but they don't really put the regular facebook on there and honestly i think it would work well if it worked anything like this does with chirp i think a facebook on on the apple watch or even instagram or anything like that i think it would be fine so here's my question, guys, and I, I think it's interesting. You know, I've, I've for a long time been a real, you know, proponent of the Apple Watch and what it does, but I've got to the end of 2019, and I'm kind of wondering, what's it actually for? <laughs> because what am I doing with this device that I'm not doing with my phone? And it, okay, so fair enough. Let's let's just assume that all I do is mirror what I do on my phone on my watch, even at that level, is it doing enough? So I just want to open that up to you guys to see what you think, because I'm I'm, I'm at crossroads with this one. Do I really like the Apple Watch? Would I buy another one next year? At the moment, I don't know. Yeah, it's a difficult question, because the price of it, um, the actual usability, well, not the usability, because it's very accessible. Um, yeah. the, the use cases for it, maybe. As I said, I think as a health tracker, it's really good. You know, it, it does change the way you do take those extra steps or, you know, challenge your friends and all that. It's great. Um, and for managing notifications when you get an email coming in or you get messages, fantastic. But other than that, so far, I haven't found any other use for it. So for the amount of money it costs, it's a real hard recommendation. Now, see, I think that the Apple Watch is one of those things where it can be a different use case depending on the person. Obviously, as, as you've mentioned, Sean, if you're using it for health purposes, exercise purposes, it is one of, if not the best type of, of tracking type device out there, you know, as far as a watch goes. I, I really enjoy what Apple Watch can do for fitness and health and, and all that kind of thing. It, it's it's very accessible and, and there's so many different things that it can do, tracking your heart rate and, and all those things that we all know that it can do. After that, though, if you're looking for it to do something else, it is going to mirror the iPhone quite a bit. But I think that's kind of the point. It's, okay, I don't want or can't, you know, I, I don't want to pull my phone out or I can't pull my phone out right now or my phone's in the other room charging, but I've got my Apple Watch on and I'm on Wi-Fi or even if you've got a cell version, you know, you can just do those things on your watch. I find myself using the now playing uh, ability of it. So if I'm playing something from my iPhone, like something on Netflix or an audio book or, or whatever it might be, if it's music or a podcast, I can just go to my Apple Watch to fast forward or rewind or pause play. The other thing I like is that I can use the Apple Watch as a remote for my Apple TV because so many times our Apple TV remote is lost or my <laughs> my daughter's using it and it's time to go to bed and she won't stop watching a video. So I go on my Apple Watch and I can stop it or go to the menu. <sighs> You're you know. horrible. And uh, not horrible, it's just it's time to go to bed. Turn off the Apple TV. I, I had no idea I could use it as an Apple remote for my TV. Oh, yes. You well, so you've got the remote app on your iPhone that does the Apple TV, and it works almost mm. exactly the same way. The Apple Watch version is a little bit simpler than that, but you can still do the playback control. So I, I don't know, I don't believe that you can do any of the gesture-based stuff. So you can't ne necessarily navigate the screen. I might be wrong right. on that. 
I think. I, I don't know. But um, I, I mostly use it for play, pause, you know, fast forward, rewind as a quick access to do that with my Apple TV. And that, you know, it's, just, it's again, it's one of those things where there's so many different things that you can use it for. It's just what is it that you're going to want to use it, you know, in that case. I think you're, I think you're right, but I think it's also because we, I, I think I tend to grab my phone first whenever I want to do something. I don't always <laughs> That's the trouble, isn't the it? Well, first. that's the thing. Yeah, I've done that a yeah. lot. I, I used to do that all the time, and I would wonder to myself, okay, I, I could do this with my watch. Why did I go get my phone, or why did I pull mm. out my phone? Why, you know, I, I was charging my phone, or it was in my pocket. I could have just used my watch. And especially lately, the last couple months, I've really tried to focus on using the watch instead of my phone in those cases. Uh, maybe even checking notifications, you know, checking text messages. I would still pull out my phone a lot. And I'm like, that's what I've got this watch for. You know, I can check the notification right here and see what it is and then clear it away and, and move yeah, on with life. You see, if you've got to force yourself, to, you know, to remember to use it, it sort of uh, does away with it, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, because, you know, that's only because I had the iPhone for so many years and my, my mm-hmm. mind got in that habit of, okay, I do these things on my phone. Well, now I've had the Apple Watch. You have to kind of. I don't want, I don't know, like retrain yourself or get in the different habit of remembering, oh yeah, that's right. This Apple watch I spent all this money on can do these things and I don't have to take my iPhone out. I just got in that habit of using the iPhone. So it's, it's kind of readjusting how you do things. Once you've done that, I've found over these last you know couple of months that I've really tried to force myself. I'm now in the habit of using my Apple watch more than my iPhone because I'm re- realizing and remembering all the different things I can actually do on it. The one thing for me which I would say is uh, the most annoying thing about the Apple Watch, and, and it's strange because we're dealing here with another Apple product, and that's the AirPods. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, no, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the um, AirPods. You know, so you would think oh, yeah. connecting them up would be easy. Uh, and it is in some ways because you put the AirPods in, and in my case, I just hold in the the watch crown, and it will then connect because it's it's activating Siri, so it kind of automatically, for some reason, just connects straight to the AirPods, which is brilliant. But as soon as you twist your wrist and that's the watch off, it just loses that connection. And Oof. that connection just either goes somewhere else or goes nowhere, but it does not stay on the phone or sort of on the watch. And that's the problem. You know, in some ways, I think it's it's a really great product to watch. But in other ways, it's it seems so behind. But um, now, wait for that. Is devices. that does it come back when you wake the watch again? Because that might be an no. AirPods thing. Okay, then that to me is an AirPods thing, because I've actually paired several different Bluetooth devices, uh, either stereo headsets or single ear devices. I've paired them to my watch, and they work fabulously. Yes, you're right. Any Bluetooth device does, but when it comes to an AirPod. Because AirPods can go between any devices on your account, if your phone rings, it just grabs the audio over there, or if your MacBook's open, it grabs the audio over here. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to give you the control to say, I, I want it on this device and this device only. And that's one thing. And actually, that's not just on the watch. That's across devices. Well, that's why I'm saying I think that's more an AirPods design yeah. thing than yes. it is a, yeah. a bad critique on the Apple Watch. I have famously, you know, the uh, Plantronics E50 which is a newer version of their single-ear Bluetooth, I've got my phone and the Apple Watch (laughs) paired to it. And if I, even just using voiceover, it doesn't have to be a phone call. If I'm using my phone with voiceover or anything else, 
it's playing the phone through the Bluetooth. If I switch to my watch, if I set the phone down and start tapping things on my Apple Watch, it automatically does the Apple Watch. And, and even with voiceover, it, it seamlessly can do yeah. that. If the AirPods aren't, I think that's, I don't know that that's as much a issue with the Apple Watch as it is the AirPods design. We've got so much more we're going to talk about this hour. We are going to be talking about uh, Sean and his move back to iOS and uh, what he really thinks Fake news. about Android. Uh, <laughs> we're going to hear about that. And also going to check in with your emails as well. Um, and uh, I get a bit of a row from one of our listeners all the way from Australia. All to do with the Surface Pro and that... Uh, Elusive insert key I mentioned last week. Stick around. And now we're back with the Double Tap Canada team for more news on the latest tech from an accessibility point of view. Join in the fun with Double Tap by emailing your comments to feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada. I just want to bring up an email that came in uh, to feedback at ami.ca. Uh, you might remember in last week's show I was telling you uh, both about the uh, insert key, the elusive insert key ah, yes. on my Surface Pro laptop. Um, I thought because I got, I was actually starting to, because I got it on a sale price, did it just not come with an insert key? If I paid more, <laughs> do I get the insert key? Is that how it works? Um, well, apparently, it is there. Of course it is. As I, let me just get into my smug position. Well, uh, okay, carry on. Yes, I think Tim's well says it right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. there. Hmm. Everyone has been in touch from Sydney, Australia. Hello to you, um, and uh, thank you so much for for tuning in and uh, for listening to us and putting up with us as well. Uh, but <laughs> I do thank you for sending this email, and he tells me where the insert key is. He says it's not in the most obvious of places, and he's not kidding. Do you know where it is, guys? It's on the delete key. It's the flip of the delete key. When you use the function key, you hold on function, um, the FN key, and you press delete, that's insert. Yeah. Um, not great, if I'm honest. No. Not great. <laughs> of uh, all so the keys to double as the insert key, delete I don't think is a good option. That's a really not a good place to put it. So um, I tried it out, and no matter what I do, I cannot, because it's a weird combination thing, you can't hold down the function key and use insert because then you can't access F7. <laughs> so say, for example, you were on a web page and you want to get links. You can't do it. It's impossible to do. So even though they've put it there, it kind of is out of sync with the way that, obviously, JAWS works. And, and clearly, it's not a keyboard that's built for JAWS users, right? So fair enough. But... Um, yeah, it is there. So yes, arguably that's true, and Correct. everyone is absolutely right in that. Uh, but unfortunately, the positioning of it makes it almost impossible to use. Now, everyone says that uh, he uses um, NVDA, which is shocking in itself. Obviously, um, dare you? It's sorry, I, I just wanted. Sorry. I just wanted that reaction. I just wanted that. <laughs> so reaction. that was very purposefully done. No, that I was just yeah. Yeah, that was deliberate. Well, the thing is but, with JAWS, yeah. though, you could just remap the insert F7 and have it be yes. something else. Yeah, you're right. Or, um, as actually, as everyone says, you can use the caps lock key as the modifier key. Um, I just think it's a bit like, yeah. That's I'm the not, correct way. I'm not for that. <laughs> yeah, I like to use caps lock as caps lock. Yeah. How often do you use caps lock for caps lock? Get out of town. You never use it. 
I know, but it's a caps lock key. It's not. A, it's not a modifier. Well, an insert key is an sense. insert key. It's not a modifier key. It's for inserting. How often do you use insert to insert? <laughs> Never. Yes, Sean. About as much as I use caps lock for caps lock. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just one of those really awkward. I mean, I think when you, you start using JAWS, you're taught to, I was taught, and I'm sure you were the same, Tim, to use insert. Um, yep. And you get into that habit, don't you? So you've, you've got used to that, that muscle memory just goes to that key. Um, well, move and on. When you, well, what I did do, and I think I mentioned this last week, <laughs> but I did convert the tilde key to the insert key, uh, and that's working out okay when I remember it. Um, <laughs> yeah, because that's not a key that you'd use at all either no. so that that works no. well yeah that's why i bought the the moco moco m-o-k-o bluetooth keyboard i mentioned it last week um and that does have an insert key in it so uh yeah if you're looking if you if you've got a microsoft surface pro if you're wanting to use jaws and you need the insert key good luck because uh, you're not going to find it on that keyboard and if you do find it it's pretty much useless get yourself a moco or just don't buy a surface right, pro wait 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 i'm more interested in you said that you spoke to Microsoft, and they told you it wasn't well, on there. Yes, that's true. So they they told me via the Be My Eyes helpline or, or through the the app that um, that it didn't exist, and they were going to contact the manufacturer. So what's going to happen is, guys, <laughs> that the manufacturer is going to think that the guys at Microsoft are insane. <laughs> uh, saying, what are you talking about? It's there, uh, but of course nobody's going to call me back to tell me. Um, they, what was interesting was they actually looked over the keyboard with me and didn't spot it. So whether, it, I don't know if it actually says it on the keyboard. Of course it does. I've it not had anyone do. with eyes to actually look at it to see. But, um, and it would be my eyes doesn't even tell me either. So I don't know. Um, I'll maybe need to upgrade to Ira just to find out if I've got an insert key. It costs me $900, $900 a month. No, wait, Sean, you're saying that it would absolutely say it. So you're telling me under the, the function key, the FN key, it's got a note that says, press this along with delete if you want to use insert. You, you believe <sighs> no. that something along those lines is on the keyboard? Tim, Tim, Tim. No, of course not. <laughs> like, you know, anyone that has used a computer for any sort of period of time will know that there's different characters on different Oof, keys. Such as shift uh, symbols on the number keys. You know, shift one for the exclamation mark. Now, there's other ones mm -hmm. that are etched in a different colour for the function key. And that insert will be labelled on that delete key somewhere, Tim. Thank you. So you think it's DL slash IN? No, 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 Tim. On the no, key? no, it will be in a much smaller font. So it could be very difficult to see, Tim, but it will be there. But if it's oh, on I'm the so delete annoyed. key, how do you know to use the... Oof. Never mind. Okay. Wow. I, I'm normally, I'm getting wound up. What, what's making me laugh is this was my issue. And I've basically angered you two over it. You don't even it's have a spread to Pro. Australia, it's even. It's, it's, yeah, this yes. has gone worldwide, this one. Uh, We've well, gone down under. Thank you for Or just it. down, I don't know. Yeah, I think, the, I think this conversation's going that way. Um, we should move on. Let's go to uh, one of our other emails. Now, Mark is back with us. Hi to you, Mark. Hey, guys. Okay, uh, let's get into some of the emails then. I think we've got another one uh, in uh, from... Uh, actually, this this is, if I'm right in thinking, this is one that goes back to a conversation that I brought up on the show a couple of weeks back. And I'll be honest, after I brought the subject up, I thought, was this the right conversation to bring up? Um, and it was about <laughs> health, essentially, and personal 
health, knowing uh, what's going on with your body and indeed what indeed comes out of your body. Uh, we got into, a, if you didn't hear the show, you're wondering what on earth I'm talking about. But it turned out it did, um, it did resonate with someone. So let's let's hear the email from Mark. Mark, you've got the email there. Dear Stephen, Sean, and Tim, I felt I had to email you this evening as I've just listened to Friday's DTC podcast, episode 108, where you began by speaking about health. As much as Sean doesn't think privacy is a problem, I do now, as it would seem that you've been double-tapping into my emails. Over the past weeks, I've been engaging with Jeannie Rigby, the director from Action Bladder Cancer UK, and nurse advisor Charlotte from Bowel Cancer UK, in relation to the problems blind people face with checking their own urine and stools. Jeannie from Action Bladder Cancer UK has found my questions very interesting and is going to come back to me once he and his team have given it more thought. I, too, am a blind man of a certain age where checking for symptoms becomes a bit more important as I was curious as to what advice the big cancer charities can give us. Finally, a quick question to you. You've discussed smart thermostats in previous episodes, including the Hive and Nest systems. I'm interested in installing a smart system that has zone heating capabilities, which would allow me to heat one zone of the house, the kitchen, for example, and not the rest of the house. Honeywell do one called Echo Me, but the accompanying app isn't accessible with voiceover. Do you have any suggestions of other options for me? Anyway, hope Stephen is feeling better and Sean has come back down to earth following his trip to London in the Tesla. <sighs> Keep up the good work. Best wishes. Dave. Well, Dave, thank you. And yes, you did email that in a couple of weeks ago when I was uh, off, uh, well, I'd been off ill and Sean was away driving a Tesla, but not really. Um, so, yeah, that that was a very interesting email to get in from you, Dave, because it, it kind of highlighted the importance of what I was saying, which is that, you know, when you get to a certain age in your life or just even in your life, you want to be able to identify potential problems and very personal problems. Um, and we kind of we weren't sure ourselves whether or not this was the right conversation to have, but it clearly resonated with Dave. That's for sure. And of course, we thought about if it was the right conversation to have after we broadcast it. So, <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, our, our usual, usual standards. standards <laughs> which actually, is it our usual standard? We don't even think about it until somebody Someone tells complains. us. Right. No, yeah. no but I, I think that <laughs> as much as we tried to be careful with the conversation and we, we did our usual being silly with the conversation, honestly, I, I think it's a fair conversation. It might be... You know, some people might find it off-putting or, or whatever. But yeah, but that said, it's a fair question. When you don't have vision, there are certain things that are going to happen in your life or certain things that are going to occur that you're not sure. How do I check for this? My doctors told me to to, to check my stool. Well, how do I do that? You know, I, I can't mm -hmm. see it. You know, do I have somebody in my life that I'm very comfortable with and they're comfortable with me to come in and look? No. You know, I mean, so it, it, it is a... Be my it's eyes. A, We're all friends here, yeah, but exactly. that's pushing it. Yeah, I could just see calling it. Ira be like, hey, Ira, um, I need you to look at something. Yeah, I don't know about that. But that said, it, these are... Even though there might be a touchy subject, it, it's kind of a valid question. It's definitely not a touchy subject. Um, <laughs> see what I did there? Uh, so childish. I know, but but it is no. But in all seriousness, it is an important issue, and that's why we raised it. But Dave, I'm glad that you brought it up. Interestingly, uh, you talked about um, heating systems that are are zone based. Well, if you're in the UK, Dave, uh, then Hive does have the multi zone system which allows you to control heating at different levels so for example upstairs in the house you may want it one temperature downstairs you might like it 
Uh, another, I find that with my house, I, I kind of wish I had that because the bottom of my house always gets nice and warm and then my, you know, upstairs is freezing and I wish I could control the temperature a bit better. So that's maybe one thing. Um, but I as would say for... that doesn't sound right because, well, heat rises, but I guess in, in Scotland, there's not a lot of heat to rise, probably. It's so cold yes. that all, all that happens <laughs> is that heat just gets burned off yeah. by the time it gets to the top. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think you've got you've to check with providers as well. Um, and, you know, you've obviously mentioned a hive. Nest, I don't know if it does that. Zone heating. You've got Nest in the house, haven't you? Sure? I have, yeah. But zone heating is something that I haven't got. The house isn't big enough to warrant that. Um, so I'm not entirely sure if it's a... Uh, a thermostat issue or you know the actual sort of heating system that you've got installed anyway um well that's always a problem isn't it that's assuming that supports it i i would have thought that all of the major ones would support zoning when it comes to heating so um yeah, I, I would think so, but I'm not 100% sure thanks, about Thanks, thanks, Sean. That's really useful. Okay, so uh, <coughs> moving on. Um, shall we talk about Android, Sean? If we must. Yes, let's talk about Android because it's amazing. Yeah. So you, you had a love affair with Android. Have. Have a love affair. Okay, all right. Okay, fine. You, you're clearly in denial. <laughs> so you got yourself a new iPhone that's very nice. Uh, iPhone 11, I believe. iPhone 11. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's too heavy. That's what it is. Oh, it's enormous. I know. It is a change from my iPhone 6S. Mm. I will say that. So you made the change back. I'm interested to know, I think we're, both of us are interested to know why. Uh, yes. I know our listener will be because I, I'm intrigued by this. What made you make the switch and what do you really think about Android? Why Why's there got to be some sort of conspiracy that I'm I'm keeping a secret here? That I absolutely hate it, but for some reason I'm saying it's okay. Because you spent money on an iPhone. Hang on, actually, let's just stop there. You, you spent, spent money. money. We're confused. We don't know what's going on. We're all we're all a bit confused. Is it the Christmas spirit getting to you? Too much Christmas exactly. spirit. Exactly. It was a offer that I couldn't refuse. That's why. Okay. But it was free. Um. Yeah. <laughs> no, not quite. But no, look, the simple fact is that I moved to Android because my iPhone 6S, which I've always been on iPhone since you know, this whole accessibility and smartphone thing started. So I've always been on Apple. So my iPhone 6S is just battered. The, the battery doesn't last two minutes if I take it off the mains charger. The speaker doesn't work hardly at all. It's really quiet. Um, so I was looking for an alternative. And at the time, all the iPhones that came after the 6S, there was nothing really that I wanted. And when the price started to go up, you know, with the iPhone 10, I thought it's just too much. When we hit that $1,000 mark, it's just all a bit too much for me. So then the Pixel 3 and the Pixel 3a came out and I was really interested in the hardware and I hadn't used Android for a long time. So that's the reason I switched over. You know, I just wanted a new phone. I didn't want to pay the higher price. And I thought the uh, Android system, from what I heard, the Android operating system was uh, a lot better when it came to accessibility. So I did take the dive. And I've got to say, I don't regret it. I think uh, Android accessibility is very good. Um, it was my main device. It was my only device for a long time. And I've got... Yes, no we know. 
Yes. And it, look, the thing is that there are some things about it that I absolutely love and still think are better than on the iPhone. And the reason, okay, so the reason for getting the iPhone and going back to iOS was that with iOS 13, some of those accessibility features that they did bring in, such as the commands and the activities and the voice control, um, I was really excited by that. And not being able to use my old 6S off the mains charger, it was pretty much useless. So I wanted to get back into the iOS and Apple ecosystem because I wanted to test out these. I wanted to record things about them. And uh, so that was the reason. Uh, it, the, the iPhone 11 came up at a decent price that I could actually afford uh, at, the, at the plan I got it at. So I'm still using Android and I still think Android is fantastic. Facebook and YouTube on Android are far better than on iOS. Um, using iOS, the actual voiceover gestures, I think, are far more stable or far more usable than they are on Android. But, you know, for every plus on one uh, or plus or negative on one platform, it, it's the same or there's others on the other platform. I love them both. I think the accessibility is coming on so well. And I'm going to be using Android and iOS. Okay, I have I have questions. Wow. I have many questions. Oh, here. I knew you would. Um, so the first one is: if you'd never touched an iPhone, this is a hard question to answer. But if you'd never touched an iPhone, do you think that you would have even looked at the iPhone 11? Wow. Um, oh wow. Based, Probably based not. On, based on the experience you've had, well, obviously you've been using it properly. Not like me, who just sort of dives in for a couple of weeks, gets sick of it, and moves on. <laughs> Well, we've all done that at some point. You know, oh, I'll give it a try. And, oh, no, I don't like it. I'm going back. We've all done that. Um, but I, ha I had no choice. This was my main device. And um, I'm quite glad, actually, I was in that situation because it did force me into actually using Android as other people would use it. And as I said, it's absolutely fine. Um, as for would I have gone, if I'd used iOS before, would I have gone to Android and yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Whatever you start with, you like. And because of uh, Android's state of accessibility now, how mature it is, I think it is absolutely fine. Um, the only... I'm in a strange situation that, you know, people do ask me questions about, for example, the iOS 13, the latest update, and not being able to have practical experience of it is, is something that I don't like. So that was part of the reason for for uh, getting back on iOS. But there is nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with Android. I know we like to have this banter of, oh, Android's mm. terrible and everything, and it's a bit tongue-in-cheek. We always like that. But uh, realistically, Android is absolutely fine. Okay. Um, I'm Tim, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I was expecting your usual nonsense, but I'm, I'm totally bemused. 50% less nonsense yeah. this episode. <laughs> wow, yeah, I, I don't even know what to say to the less nonsense, uh, to the king of nonsense. But <laughs> yeah. but no, actually, it, it, it's, it's a tough one, and, uh, and this could be shocking, but I'm going to say that, you know what? If this had been two, three years ago, I would have said Sean's out of his mind, although I don't think Sean would have said the same thing two or three years ago about Android mm. and accessibility. No. But where it stands now from what I've heard Sean talk about and, and explain with Android's uh, accessibility features, from what I've read and what I've heard from other people, it does seem that it has caught up. Because, of course, you know Apple had done this before Android. They had a big head start. They've done so much with accessibility. So many of us gravitated to it because, well, it was... 
accessible, <laughs> you know, compared to what we had, it was, yeah. it was definitely better. And it was going to be the only touch screen at that time that we could actually use accessibly. And so it, it did have that big head start, but Android has caught up and it seems like either one has viable use cases. They're both viable alternatives to the other. Like Sean said, is there maybe some things with uh, iPhone that are frustrating or don't work well? Sure. But there's also things with Android that don't work well. Uh, might be the same yeah. things, might be different, but the overall experience from what Sean has explained seems to be pretty good no matter which one you're on. They both have pros, they both have cons, but for the most part, anybody wanting an accessible experience today getting either one i think is going to be pleased with it and i guess um this might shock you both but um or not as the case may be um i've been diving back into android a little bit uh, only because <laughs> I, I can't well i actually not so much to to make it a main phone i'm not going to pretend i'm going to do that that's not for me iphone is that's what i like but at the same token, I like to be able to know what Android apps are like, and I like to experience them, and I'm obviously lucky to have other devices I can do that with. And um, I received a phone from Honor, uh, which is uh, Huawei, or it's not Huawei, or however they want to put it. Um, they say it's not a Huawei phone. It is, but let's not go there. It, it, uh, it is. It is, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It's uh, by uh, Huawei, but it's called the Honor, and it's the 20 Pro, which is... Um, Kind of mid range, even though it's got the pro name, and it's a good little phone. It's it's got a nice, it's got a nice chunky weight. To it. I'd say almost it's iPhone uh, 11 like actually in terms of size, uh, same size of screen, and also um, in terms of weight as well. Big bulky camera sticking at the back of it as well. But it's a nice little phone. The screen on it isn't well. I'll be honest. I don't know how good the screen is. I I gave it to a sighted person. They said it was okay, <laughs> uh, so I'll go with that. But to be honest, I've you know done the brightness down to nothing anyway. And uh, I'm just kind of playing around with it. And, but actually, my reason for going to it, or going back over to it, isn't so much about the phone, but because I've actually got a real interest in knowing how Google Wear is going, as in the watches that are produced with uh, Google uh, Wear OS. And that is the uh, operating system that goes on to Google Watches. Now, Google don't make any watches. They don't have, like, a Pixel Watch yet. <laughs> That yeah, might, yeah. We did speak to uh, Google at uh, the TechShare Pro exhibition, you might remember, in the conference a couple of weeks back on the show when we were there live in London with that. Um, and, and we did speak to Christopher Patno and Kinder, Kinder Price at Google who said, well, it's kind of, you know, maybe soon. And that was kind of all we got. Scoop. But yeah, it seems, <laughs> I think we can say that's coming. I think that's another Bose AR Frames yes. moment right there. Um, you got it. <laughs> but I am intrigued by this because the software is is there. It's on devices like, for example, Fossil. And that's the one I'm looking at at the moment, actually. Kind of looking at a Christmas present for myself. And um, I'm thinking of the Fossil smartwatch, Gen 4, Gen 5. The Gen 4 is on sale on Amazon just now, and I'm kind of looking at that one. But Gen 5 is the new one. And um, I like it because it's got Wear OS on it. And I'm just intrigued to know how accessibility works because it has got a version of TalkBack on there. Um, so, you know, that would be interesting. And I guess that, you know, when we we talk earlier about the options with, um, you know, the Apple Watch, using the Apple Watch as a fitness tracker, using it to answer calls, yeah. do texts, is the experience the same with an Android watch? 
And that's what I'm intrigued by. Now, I'll, I'll tell you, the only experience I've had of, of an accessible smartwatch outside of Apple is the Samsung one. But Samsung's slightly different because they run off a different operating system on the watch. It's called Tizen, I believe. Uh, so it's slightly different. I think it's all based on Android, but it's... It's still based on yeah, Android. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. But it's it's just a little bit different. So I'm intrigued. And I wasn't overly impressed by the Samsung Galaxy watches. They just didn't... They were very slow. Everything was very slow and very laboured. Almost like what Android was at the beginning. Not the case anymore, obviously. Um... So I'm intrigued by this. So I might I might splash some cash this Christmas, buy one of these and pair it up with the phone and just see how we go, just to give me a different experience with a different kind of watch. Because we've talked so much about Apple, but I actually think that, that they're obviously, well, I know there's more out there, and uh, they are accessible. So could Android be the big topic next year? I don't know. Could it be the big topic of discussion? Or will we be back here saying, no, no, please give me my Apple Watch back immediately. I take it all back. I'm sorry <laughs> to the gods of Apple, but this is where I am. We shall see. But um, it sounds like you've had a good experience with the Android, and, and that is brilliant. And I think that's going to be actually quite comforting for people to hear because not everyone can join Apple and at its price point especially as it goes up and up and yeah. up. That's it, exactly the point. You know, yeah. When it comes to accessibility, price does uh, is a factor. You know, that, that is part of it. It's very good to have a totally accessible device, but if it's out of your price range, then it's useless, you know? And, and Android, uh, the Android, um, what am I thinking of? The Pixel 3, uh, mm. Pixel 3a, 3A yeah, is an am better. amazing phone for the price. And it has, it's a major factor when it comes to accessibility. But there are cheaper options. You don't have to go that expensive. There are, yes. Now, that is another caveat, and this is where Android does get a little bit... Uh, difficult and complex because you know i'm talking about pixel phones here that's my experience stock android mm. once you start going to samsung and all the other um honor and any other Motorola. manufacturer yep. really they start making changes and putting their own stamp on it and it can have an impact on how it works so it does get slightly more difficult but on, on in general uh, especially stock android i've had a great experience with it Guys, we're almost at the end. I just want to quickly say um, that this is uh, its not our last show of the uh, year by any stretch. Uh, we've got another show. Uh, we'll be uh, here on uh, the 26th of December, of course, and we'll be back in the new year as well. Um, those shows are going to be taking a look at uh, some rather interesting viewpoints from us because, you know, one thing I didn't realise uh, until very recently, and I think it was because one of you told me, we're at the end of a decade Yes. Um, and it's it's kind of, although although someone did tell me today, well, strictly we're not, because really a decade should end with a zero, and I was confused by that. So I just said, shut up, and let's forget that and move on. It is the end of a decade, end of story. Um, and I think we should probably take a look back at some of the tech that's appeared over the last decade, and we should be looking at our favourite things as well. We're going to be talking about some of our favourite gadgets of the year, and possibly the decade. So... Um, Lots of interesting stuff coming up. If you want to email in, if you want to share your thoughts over the next couple of weeks, we'll get back to your emails when we get into the new year. Um, and just a quick programming note on that point as well. Uh, when we come back with our first uh, show of uh, 2020, can't believe I'm saying that, uh, that will be on the 9th of January. We will be live, and I mean live, 
properly live. Um, wow. from, yeah, uh, you're, you're both warned. Ninth <laughs> um, of uh, January will be live from the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Myself, Marco Flalo, and you two uh, will be around somewhere in amongst all that. We'll uh, be hearing from lots of people. Uh, who are going to be uh, there with us at CES. It is the biggest technology show of the year, and I'm so pleased to say that Double Tap Canada and Double Tap TV uh, with AMI will be there, and uh, we will be uh, t- bringing you all of the latest announcements, and it will be live, a special, we've been told, potentially a two-hour show. I- I'm not sure if that's confirmed, but we're talking about a potential two-hour show that will be coming to you from CES uh, on the 9th of January. So um, just keep that in mind. We're so excited. And of course, a TV show will be coming your way soon. A special one-hour Double Tap TV in January as well from CES. So lots of exciting stuff happening. Uh, if you want to keep in touch, Sean, what is that email address? The email address is feedback at ami.ca. And Tim, please remind me of that phone number. Yes, that phone number is one eight six six five zero nine four five four five. Guys, thank you so much. We will be back again next week with more. Don't forget to check out our website, doubletap.online. See you next time. Bye. Happy Christmas and yippee Kaye, double tappers. <laughs> Don't forget to tune in to Double Tap TV every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. For more technology talk with Mark Aflalo and Stephen Scott. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.